Hi, Signature Associates and friends. Welcome to the Signature Edge Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you design an uncommon and impactful career in the business of healthcare. Together, we are making a difference for our clients by lowering the rising costs and administrative burdens associated with great care. Engage with us as we spotlight big ideas to discover an uncommon you through leadership, teamwork, and focus on the healthcare industry. Think deeply, commit fully, and take yourself to the next level of performance. Welcome everyone to the Signature Edge. Not just another issue of Signature Edge, but a new year. 2024 is upon us. My name is Mark Mathia. I'm here with my co-host Chris Woodhouse and Amy Hennings. Amy, Chris, hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's great to be back again. And as we sit here, can we just check in real quick? Talk to me about this new year. How have you been? How the holidays treat you? And what are we thinking about? Well, holidays were great, busy. They went by really fast, but they were great. Um, thinking about staying warm as we're experiencing snowmageddon today. So it's where I'm at right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love the new year. So I love when the time switches from one year to the other. I think it's magical. So I just love thinking about kind of starting fresh and new goals. And it's kind of that time of year where you get to make a lot of plans and dreams and thoughts. So that's one of the things I've been doing a lot and building new habits. Um, we're actually taping this on Quitter's Day, the day that mm -hmm. is nationally known as the day where people give up on their resolutions. So I made a big, big effort to go running today because I'm not going to be one of those people. That's awesome. Well, maybe we should talk about that. Are you resolution people? I'm not. No. What? I like to do things against the trend. So if today's the day they're quitting. This would be the day that I would pick one to start, you know, just okay. to be different. <laughs> well, maybe we could dedicate this episode, Chris, to helping you find a resolution that we feel is appropriate for you. Oh, well, that'd be fantastic. You guys let me know what it is. <laughs> Amy, what about you? Resolution person? Mm, I don't even say I'm a resolution person as much as I did this year. I took John Acuff's advice and said, okay, at the beginning of December, start doing the things you want to do in the new year. And so I did that. So I just did some habit stacking. So I added a few new habits to my already habits. Very nice. Well, we'll have to unpack that a little bit. And I know as we get into this. Well, um, Mark, what about you? Before oh, we you get want into to this, Yeah, what about you? Okay, well, sometimes you have people who will have a resolution or two. Sometimes you have people that will have it, maybe even stack them like Amy, overachiever. Sometimes you have Chris, who will wait till National Quit Day and start. And then you have me, who starts in December and completes a whole life plan. And my life plan system is called the LEA, the Legacy in Action, where I review all of 2023, and then I set my sights on 2024 and what kind of legacy I want to leave. And so I look at my strengths and I look at, through the lens of our framework of uh, whole health or well being called Aloha. And I just sit there and I mark really targeted goals for the year in different categories of my life. So I kind of overdo it. Yeah, I think you're the overachiever here. I actually have seen just him scroll the life plan. <laughs> And it's I stupid. think it's like 14 pages typed. It's stupid. Single space, eight point font. 
Well, it is. I even list out people in my life that I have to focus on my wife, kids, that kind of thing, and kind of talk and at least think through what kind of impact I want to have on their life. It's a, actually a practice that I learned from an organization called Building Champions and someone you might have heard of, Michael Hyatt, who was uh, a client of theirs and worked with them. And then I've just adapted it with some of the well-being frameworks and positive psychology stuff that I've come in contact with that resonated with me. So I do. I totally overdo it. I'm a total nerd about it. And then each quarter, by the way, once I get it done, I don't necessarily think about it every day, but every quarter, I'll take a few hours uh, one night and I'll read through the whole thing and I'll make notes and I'll ask myself, where am I at? What do I need to adjust? And so by the end of the year, I stay kind of fully kind of meshed in my goals, but without having a resolution or something shouting at me, what I find is that it just gives me enough mental space that I stay focused and I actually end up hitting a lot of them. I love, I love the intentionality of that though. Like where you've, we've sat down and you've written it all out and, you know, it sounds like it goes beyond just goals. It, it sounds like it's, it's more a comprehensive of this is how I want to live this year which is really, really cool. You know, I know for myself, it's more about, I usually am focused on what's the goals for this year. But something that I've started doing is tracking what's been completed, right? Because so often we, we set a goal, we work it, and now we're right on to the next goal. And we sometimes lose sight of what have we accomplished? What have we done? And so it's something I've started doing is doing a, a review of oh, what did we accomplish in the last 30, 60, 90 days last year. It's really an interesting exercise to let you know, are we making progress? Because sometimes you don't see it. You know, sometimes that you're making small steps against a bigger pursuit. And without going back and reviewing all of the small steps, you kind of feel like you're stuck. And then you go back and go, oh, wow, we did accomplish a lot. That's pretty cool. What's your system for tracking progress, Chris? It depends on what we're working to and with which group and for what and why, right? You know, like, an example is within the Claims XM team, we've got a couple of different tools. We've got a JIRA tool, which helps us with project work. We have a service desk tool, which helps us with customer service related work. And so going back and reviewing, you know, all of the tickets that we were able to accomplish in those, we're able to do that. We have a prioritization meeting and we, we set what are our top three priorities for this week and on the different teams. And then when, when those priorities are accomplished, we move into a completed list. And then it's just fun to watch that completed list grow, right? To go back and say, oh, wow, look, we're making our way through this stuff. And I think with the pace that we work, pretty high paced, it's easy to lose sight of that stuff. And, um, you know, we're so focused on the big picture that you take for granted the little things that were done and accomplished. That's smart. I think I think that's where sometimes I think probably why it's quitters day today is because so many people don't know how to track progress and they don't see progress quick enough or don't see that they made wins quick enough. I mean, what's the joke? Today's the last day that kale is popular in the grocery store. Well, <laughs> you know, no one lost weight in 10 days or 12 days by eating only kale or just hungrier. So I think that's that's a really important piece as you start to build the year because then you then you sustain it longer. Well, the interesting is the average person takes two weeks to convert in their body from burning carbs to burning fat. And so we've all, we, yeah, so we've only made it to day 12 in this year and your body's still burning carbs. You still got two more days before your body's going to make that switch. That's on average. So it's an interesting thing. And so then after that two weeks, then your body actually starts to get into the effective functioning where you can start to see those results. But if you're quitting before you even get to that point, you, you lose the advantage that you've, you've gained. So, so that means 
if you go carb free for 10 days, that's when it no, that's no, just just changing into a healthy diet. Healthy, just into a healthy yeah. Diet. There, there's a um, there's a device out there. I think it's called like the Lumen or the Lumion or something like that. Yeah. And you breathe into this thing, and it tells you are you burning carbs or are you burning fat. So it's a really, really yeah, it's a really interesting device, and so you can kind of track. So my friend's got one of these, and he was he, he got a tonal. He he changed his diet up, and he, he said it took him more than two weeks. And then from tracking this thing multiple times a day till his body switched. And then after that, and so that turns out that's about the average that most people experience is a couple of weeks before your body starts changing how it's processing internally. So I find National Quitters Day an interesting point in time. We've worked so hard for almost two weeks. Nothing's right. happening. I'm done. It's happening. You just don't know it. I've been eating Brazil nuts for 12 days now, two a day, hoping that helps my metabolism. And I, I'm, I'm still waiting. So I'm going to stick with it for a little bit longer. <laughs> Mark's been doing canned air. I don't go. understand this. What's this, Mark? Well, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I really like is like breathing, right? And so the canned air is a symbol, but there, I, I was actually in Walgreens uh, and I was picking up a few things. I ran by it on a kiosk and I fell in love with it. It's like bottled oxygen that you could buy over the counter and carry with you anywhere and take a puff of air. So who would buy this? Mark Mathai would buy this because it's a symbol to remind me that it's okay to take care of myself and that I need to slow and breathe sometime. And so uh, I did buy this bottled air um, and I will, you know, I, that happened in, in Idaho when I was on vacation with my wife. She thought I was crazy, but you can't travel with bottled air. So I had to throw away my half spent bottled air. I was disappointed. And then uh, I ordered three more on Amazon so that it'd be waiting for me when I got home. It was such a good idea. So I don't know if it does anything, but I saw some professional athletes use it. And so that must make me a professional athlete. I think that's that's the qualifier for sure. It is, exactly. But Chris, I, I love what you said too, when it comes to recognizing what you have achieved because I was talking to a group of uh, kind of in our launch of Aloha and I just I reminded them I'm like look everyone starts goals feeling bad about yourself like the reason I have a weight loss goal is because I've gained weight and yet nobody goes to that that event or that time recognizing that in order to get to a place in your life where you are capable now of setting a goal to be a better person you have had to have accomplished a lot just to get there to launch into this next season. Why not think about what you've accomplished to date, what peak you're standing on right now, and then start to consider, you know, that next peak and at least put you in a bit of a better frame of mind so that you can then attack it. And hopefully with some vigor and, and according to all three of us, I think a system really helps. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting. I read another article. It's like to change your body's physiology, physiognomy, whatever the word is, takes like 120 or 150 hours, right? 150 hours of exercise, of lifting, cardio, a combination thereof. And 150 hours, it sounds like a lot when you sit down and think about it. But then, you know, if you started January 1st to today's the 12th, you're almost 10% done, right? Like you're doing one yeah. hour a day, right? But we lose sight of those things, right? They, 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 we don't connect those dots. Well, well, team, this also brings us into a really neat discussion about something I know we had kind of an offline conversation about, but I think it would be worth talking about. And it's this concept of mental agility. Um, and Chris, what spurred that in me is when you said get stuck. I'm always fascinated about why do some people get stuck and why are some people able to keep a sense of momentum around them? Getting stuck, I think sometimes can be about motivation. And if your motivation isn't aligned, like let's say it's trendy to do dry January, but you really 
you don't deep you just kind of are like well everyone's doing what I better do it and you don't have a deep down why you're going to lose motivation and you're going to get stuck and so I think sometimes too when you're working towards a goal or at work or personally you have to look into my motivation is my why and have that all really kind of even written down I know John Acuff suggests that Mel Robbins who I've been starting to listen to suggests that is writing down all the reasons why you want to achieve this so then that gives you the freedom to flex a little more because you're more focused on your why of where why you want to get there instead of getting stuck into it has to be this way now and I think that is that's something I'm really thinking about a lot lately is writing down the motivations, my motivation behind everything. So I'm firm in that and I will keep momentum. Yeah. And Amy, and I've heard you even talk about this when we talk about brand and and messaging, you know, it's like you have to really get clear of what happens if you choose no, or if you choose not to do this, or if you don't achieve this. And I think that's such an important question because very few teams take that into consider. Look, I could set this goal. What happens if I don't get it? Right. And depending on where you're at and what cycle you're in, it could be devastating. It could be inconsequential. If it's inconsequential, then you need to ask yourself, should this be a goal? Is this something? Am I shooting high enough? And and is this really real? Have you ever approached a goal, saw the goal, committed to the goal, and you just knew, boy, this is way too low? What do you do in those situations? I mean, I think I like to just see it through depending on what it is. And you know, is that goal stack into a larger goal or a larger effort? Is it worth the time? You know, you got to evaluate and constantly evaluate. Um, I was thinking about a situation with Claims XM, and you know, we've, we're we're developing towards this thing. We've put a lot of time and effort to go down this this path. And at what point do we go? This isn't working at all. We need to abandon this. Start from scratch. Find a better way. Right. And you have to be brave enough to, to, to make that call, right? Is this goal we're striving towards worth it? Is it going to pay off for all the effort we've put in? I know we don't want to waste that effort, but we've learned a lot through it. Is it time to adjust or do we stay mentally stuck on this pursuit, right? Okay. We will garner something, but you know, has it been worth it as a whole? Yeah, you got to be constantly evaluating, asking what's the data saying? What are we seeing? Has the landscape changed? Is this goal still viable? And if not, let's change it. Let's let's move on to something better. Yeah, I like your approach, Chris. And and just as you talked that out, I thought to myself, there's someone who's agile, who mm-hmm. who's flexible enough. Because I think another problem that happens is when the goal or outcomes becomes like your identity. Like you think you're either going to win or lose on this one thing. That becomes a problem. Now it can be a great motivator right? You've heard that saying, if you want to motivate people to stay, you know, burn the ships in the harbor, there's no going back kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, I think having that common sense to be able to look at it and flex when you need to flex is key to great leadership. It's a bad idea to burn the the ships when you land on an island with one coconut, right? Like that's a bad time to burn the ships. (laughs) You got to make sure you've traveled to the right destination. Thank you, Chris. Yes, you're so right. I think the one of the things about mental agility, as we think about this, and we're doing a lot of it towards goals right now, but I think you can also think, I think mental agility is going to be a business um, trait of the future. The people who understand how to do that well are going to be the next business leaders because the world is moving so fast. You can have 
different goals and different things. But as technology changes, the world changes, AI comes in, different things happen. The the really best businesses are the ones that are the minds that are moving quickly and adapting, even if it's a little bit off their goal. Kind of a weird example, but a cool example from a marketing perspective is remember the Super Bowl probably, gosh, is probably at least six, seven years ago when the power went out. And Oreo and um, another brand were real quick on Twitter to do an ad that said that made that like, we'll keep you out of the dark. And they reacted real quickly from a marketing perspective, that quick agility made, um, made big headlines and made it really memorable. Um, that Taylor Swift meme from the Golden Globes a couple weeks ago, that went real quickly. The companies that picked up on that and used it got noticed a lot more. So from that perspective, I think mental agility, when you look at it from our goals, but I think it's also, how do I have that skill? So I'm a business leader in the future. Yeah. And I think about the same thing, Amy, and, you know, we're, we're in the healthcare industry, right. And we put our roots down in healthcare and service, but now we've grown right now. We're healthcare and technology service and technology. And the key to technology is constant transition, constant movement, because technology adapts and grows so fast. I've got a, a Facebook message board with my friends. We call it memes and dad talk. And now we've got meta AI. That's part of this thing now. And now we're just sending ourselves these crazy imagined images that meta AI is throwing out there for us. And it just blows my mind how fast this stuff changes, right? You know, 20 years ago, I had a, a little phone that I couldn't text on because I had to push the same button multiple times and I would always miss the letter that I wanted and it was annoying and now we've got meta AI doing these things for us inside our already existing messaging platform I mean, it's just crazy how fast technology moves we have to move that fast we have to be that agile we have to be that mentally capable to transition and go sorry we were going this way but the industry shifted let's go this way Boy, you both bring up great points on on how important it is to be agile. And by the way, many, many careers have ended because people have gotten stuck into what I would call fixed ideas, but it's just a mindset that that change is bad and I can't change. Now, we don't want to change to change. We don't want to get too carried away, but it is so important that we a keep up and then learn how to leverage this agility for the good of ourselves and those around us. So let's shift just a little bit. And team, one of the things I love to do with y'all is come up with lists. So let's come up with our top six ways that we would recommend our listeners would be able to keep an agile mindset or to stay flexible, mentally flexible. What would you add to that list? I think number one is always be evaluating, right? Mm -hmm constant constantly checking you know put milestones in place put put you know data checks in place always know are we doing the right thing at the right time i'll do number two number two i would say be willing to change your mind i think that's a brave thing to do and i think it's sometimes not recognized enough when people learn more or open to learning more and then they change their mind yeah that's a great one hey i would throw out there number three which which is kind of common sense we've kind of said it but i would say focus on learning always be learning and figuring out different ways to push your own intellect so that you can continue to grow right where you're at uh, think of new and better but also just continue of how we got to where we were so focus on learning for number three uh, four i would say collect data right 
Find all the information you can find that goes along with learning. Find all the relevant data points that you can take to apply to whatever it is you're doing because data leads you to truth. You need data to, to really make sure that what you're doing, the decisions you're making, the more data you have, the easier it is to have confidence in that decision. Number five, I would say don't let technology pass you. Be willing to keep up with technology, learn technology. And I think that that's a really good key. I find that once people kind of fall behind and all of a sudden can't use certain technology, they they stay behind. Yeah. And, and number six, and I think this is kind of paradoxical a little bit, but number six would be be willing to accept uncertainty. And that's something that I've always learned from our founder um, and chief executive officer, Alan Fredrickson, because he is a bold risk taker in business. And sometimes we can plan, sometimes we can have all the data, sometimes we can do all this stuff. But when it comes to making that commitment and going, it takes courage. And courage means you have to accept a bit of uncertainty in our planning as well. And so I would say that's an important part of being able to stay mentally agile. I love his 70% rule. I've used that so much since he, he taught that. If you're 70% sure, that's enough. Go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, team, this has been a great conversation. And, you know, one of the things that I like is our ability to, to come up on the fly with ideas that can add true value to everyday life at work, especially in the healthcare industry, but beyond that as well. So for our listeners who have evaluated our six points of reference, what would be a great challenge team? And I'll throw that out to us to leave them with so that they can begin 2023 really rocking it with a lot of mental uh, agility and inspiration. Two stage yeah, left with her eyeballs. Learning eyeballs. And so now anytime you get a question, wherever your eyeballs do, he's like, knows exactly how you're trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's rude. Uh, <laughs> absolutely rude. Up and left. Oh, they are lying. Here's my challenge for all our listeners. To stay mentally agile, think of one thing that you're going to learn this year and master. And mastery takes a good amount of time. What is one thing you are going to master this year? Amy, that's a great challenge. And so now let's get out there and master one thing this year. And from all of you who've been listening in, thanks so much for joining us. By the way, team, we have reached over 10,000 episodes listened. So Ooh. congratulations and thanks everyone for being out there, making it happen. And Amy, Chris, Thank you so much to our producer, Addison, who's behind the scenes counting us down. Thank you so much for the work you do. And to all of our listeners, thank you for making our world a bit better and walking with us on the Signature Edge. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Amy. Bye, everyone. Signature Performance is the foremost leader in healthcare administration. Your work advancing our mission is transforming healthcare in the U.S. Signature is bringing together the best and brightest in healthcare. Discover opportunities at www.signatureperformance.com careers and be inspired to build an uncommon career that matters. And wherever you're at, thanks for tuning in. Mark, Chris, and Amy. Addison, our podcast producer. Oh, <laughs> Did Mark just say thank you to himself? I myself in the third person. All right. <laughs> oh, my lordy.
That was great. <laughs> All right. That was great.